Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of Real or Creepy, the podcast where we determine if a story is a real haunting or just a fake creepy pasta from Reddit. Today's two contestants are none other than the so famous, delightful, talented Kat and JJ. Hey guys, how are you doing? So good. Wow. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you so much for inviting us. So tonight we've got two stories. I'm curious to see where you guys land on if it's real or creepy. Story one is titled, My House is Unbelievably Haunted. Okay, Noah, before you go, can we make pre-predictions based off the title? Yeah, that'd be fun. Go for it. I'm going to say it's creepy because they said it themselves. It's unbelievable. So I don't believe that it's true. Is there any punctuation? No punctuation. Well, there's a period at the end. Any capitalized letters? Pretty standard capitalization. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go with real. Okay. Sentence, sentence case or title case? I don't know what that means. You guys know that, but seeing how I post words... Uh, oh yeah we need to talk about that <laughs> on to the episode uh or on to the story i should say i can see ghosts and i happen to have eight ghosts in my house but this is just the story of one i've lived in my current home since i was two years old and it just so happens that moving into this house is my first vivid memory and my first ghost encounter the house was built in 1930 and has only had two families living in there before us Compared to most haunted houses, it's a young house. When we moved in, I ran straight into the kitchen and started talking to the woman standing there. She was dressed in all black and had her hair up in a neat bun. She said she was the past owner and was making us some cakes to celebrate us moving in, but had to be quick because she was on her way out. My parents stood there laughing, thinking I'm talking nonsense until I tell them that the cakes the woman made are for us and they are immediately confused because nobody is there. They mentioned it to my grand, who is a big believer in ghosts and she asked me to describe her, so I did. To this day, she is still shaken about how accurate my description was of this woman. The description I gave her was exactly how the original owner's wife looked when she was young, who had died a few years before I was even born. Two-year-old me in 2004 was having a conversation with a ghost stuck in her 1930s form. She's still around to this day, and whenever I decide to bake, she is immediately by my side watching me. Okay, Kat, what do you think? Real or creepy? I think it's real. I think it sounds legitimate, and you got a child in there, so that's already some evidence. It's like standardized evidence. You heard that, JJ. We've got standardized evidence. How, <laughs> how, do, how do you feel, JJ? Yeah. This standardized evidence from Reddit points to real, but I have questions that I would want to ask this person. Two families have lived in this house, yet there are eight ghosts. Who was like Ted Bundy, one of the families that lived in here? Why are there so many dead people? 
in this house when there's just two people and does she still see this lady or or like any of these ghosts or did all this happen it sounds like she, she was still sees young? she still sees the lady if you were listening uh i don't think she explicitly said that because i was listening she says i see ghosts there's eight but this is the story of one and i it was my first memory ever and then she said anytime i bake she still appears okay i tuned out at that part so <laughs> that's 10 but points for cat for not does she out. does she still <laughs> bake i don't know so i don't know i'm gonna say i'm gonna stick with creepy because i just think eight ghosts it's not plausible to me well one ghost is implausible for you yeah <laughs> Yeah. For that one, we're giving Kat 100 points and 10 bonus points for paying attention. On to the next story. Heck yeah. The title of this story is, My Grandfather Came to Say Goodbye. So before we jump into the story, any predictions on whether or not it'll be a real or creepy? I think it's real. I think it's really about someone's <laughs> grandfather going, all right, bye. Like whether the grandfather's dead or not. I don't know. We'll find out. All right. The story starts off saying, I want to start off. <laughs> it literally starts off by saying, I want to start off by saying I'm an atheist and I don't really believe in ghosts. But to this day, I can't find a plausible, logical explanation to the story along with a few others. I was around eight at the time, but still remember it quite vividly. And my grandfather was a very big part of my life since I lived next door to him. Out of all of his grandkids, my sister and I were probably the ones closest to my grandparents, and there was a connection between our backyard and their backyard. So I could easily cross over to their house whenever I wanted to. My grandfather was a big man. He was tall, robust. He had a very prominent mustache, which he took very good care of and never shaved it. So my whole life, I had never seen him without it. Even in old photos from his 20s, he was already rocking the mustache. Even though he was 80, he was still quite healthy. He owned a store which he had been running for more than 40 years and was still doing it by the time he was hospitalized. He was sent to the hospital because of some heart issues, which wasn't supposed to be too serious. I'm not entirely sure what the problem was, but since it wasn't serious, my parents didn't take me to visit him because he was supposed to be back home within two weeks. For the surgery, they needed to shave his mustache, and due to complications, he lost a lot of weight. On the day he passed, I had a dream about him. In the dream, he was skinnier and didn't have his mustache, which I'd never seen him without. He was wearing normal clothes, though, and I woke up suddenly in the middle of the night. On the other side of my bed, I had a desk, which had a little digital clock, which showed the time 4.42 a.m. I didn't think much of it and went back to sleep. The next morning, my parents broke the news to me and I was shattered. I was inconsolable for a few days. When I was less sad, I asked them questions any eight-year-old would ask. When did he die? Why couldn't they save him? What time did he die? They answered all the questions, but the one that really hit me was when they said his death certificate said this time of death was 4.45. I told them I woke up at around that time, but they dismissed it and said it was a coincidence. After a few more days, I found out my sister also had a dream. One of my cousins said she saw him standing on her door the night he passed away without his mustache. And my other cousin said she felt his presence. This story still bugs me to this day because my logical brain can't think of any logical explanation for it all. 
So JJ, being the hardcore scientist of the show, I am curious, do you relate a little bit to the story? Is this kind of how you would process something like this? And do you think it's real or creepy? Uh, yeah, I think I would could find myself in a similar situation. I think, you know, maybe a, a possible explanation is, you know, our, our dreams, we might have like vivid recollections of dreams, but then also I think our memories and our brains are, are so weird, especially in a dreaming state, things are kind of fuzzy that sometimes I think it's possible we can imprint uh, things that we're, we think were in our dream after the fact. That's kind of where I'm leaning towards if, you know, this person really did have this dream with his grandfather that like, maybe what he dreamed wasn't exactly how it was in reality, especially if this is a dream he had when he was eight, you know, like the way he views it today may not be exactly how it went down in his sleep. So I'm going to say it is a real story, but I would have skepticism on this real story if, if this was a real ghost visitation. All right. So the story is real, but not certain that it's a quote unquote real haunting. Is that fair to say? Yes. Okay. That is correct, Alex. <laughs> Lock you in for real. Cat <laughs> um, <laughs> as the, uh, the, the class favorite empath. How do you feel about this story? Um, I, you know, he was hitting it on the head a lot being like, I'm an atheist. I'm logical, logic, 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 but it just felt like a lot of cushion. Um, and he was like, you know, just telling a really long elaborate story. It's been done before. It's a little on the nose. I agree with JJ that if he did have this experience, you know, it was on all of their minds. So it wouldn't be a big, it would, you know, wouldn't be a big coincidence for all of them to be thinking of their grandpa that night, even with that knowledge of him being sick and having lost weight and all that stuff. I'm going to be a little heartless and say it's creepy pasta. I will say he does sound a bit like someone who has just become an atheist and just wants to like work it into every conversation now. Yeah, I um, guess that's true. The other thing was 442, just the number 42 always makes me be like, mm, you're lying. That's just from a book <laughs> that you read. You just want it to sound all like connected and universal. All right. Well, that leads us to decision time for this one. We're going to award JJ 109.9 oh. points. Cat oh. with nothing on that one, but that still leaves her with the win. That's right, JJ. I came this close. Nice try. Man. Nice try convincing Noah on your point. Until the next episode of Real or Creepy, make sure you're playing at home. Email us. Let us know what you think if these stories are real or creepy pasta. I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ. And I'm Kat. Oh. <laughs> Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. 
As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.